0: I'd like to preach to you from the book of Ezekiel, Ezekiel chapter 37, God takes Ezekiel into an open vision and he shows him God's future for the children of Israel. And I find great courage in the Old Testament prophets. What I have found with the pattern of God is that when man is at its worst, God raises up voices to inspire them for a better future. And all I know is that in the last 2,000 years, the church has survived war pestilence plague persecution tribulation interference and all it has ever done is grow why because the gates of hell cannot prevail against the advancement of the church which means friend we are not on defense we are on offense and the kingdoms of this world are becoming the kingdoms of our god and of our king and to his increase there is no end hallelujah hallelujah which means that as long as there is a family that doesn't have a place to call home, the church has a reason to grow. As long as there is a young person that has yet to meet Jesus, there is a reason for the kingdom of God to advance. And you are a part of an ever increasing and an ever advancing kingdom that cannot give up, that will not stop short of what God has called us to do because Christ isn't just a stone. He is the chief cornerstone of our faith by which the entire church is Instructed and friend, if God be for us, who can be against us? Hallelujah. And I don't know about you, but I've I've got to just encourage myself a little bit this morning. Greater is he who is in me than he that is in this world. And when the enemy comes in like a flood, watch what God does. He raises up a standard. I've got news for you here this morning. This God has never lost a battle. He has never not come through. He has never not shown up in our time of need. And he will not start now. We are living in the best days to be alive. Hallelujah. And what we are standing on is the precipice. I promise you that another great awakening is going to sweep this world, is going to change the nation, and the glory of God will cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. Friend, you've got the best seat in the house to experience what God is doing in this season. Hallelujah. You've got to be encouraged this morning. You've got to shake off the heaviness. The Bible says that even though weeping lasts for a night, there is joy that comes in the morning. Hallelujah. Give God a hand clap of praise for that. And in in Ezekiel chapter 37, Ezekiel finds himself speaking to a remnant people who have been carried off by a king called Nebuchadnezzar into Babylonian captivity. The temple has been burned. The cities have been ransacked. Families have been separated, and the Hebrew children find themselves in a generation of bondage. And in the midst of the crisis, God raises up a voice named Ezekiel. And that's where this story starts this morning in verse 1 of chapter 37. Watch what the Bible says. The hand of the Lord was on me. And he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord, and he set me in a valley, but that valley was filled with bones." I want you to see something this morning. In the Old Testament, the hand of the Lord, it would rest on people for specific times, on specific tasks. But in the New Testament, it is not the hand of the Lord that rests on us. It is the spirit of the living God that takes residence inside of us. See, Ezekiel operated under a time of limited dispensation of God's anointing to conduct certain tasks and to say certain words. But in the New Testament, all can prophesy all can preach, all can evangelize, all can dream dreams and have visions because the Spirit of the Lord has made us one. Hallelujah. Hallelujah which means this since the cross forward it's always a time for healing it's always a time for deliverance it's always a time for declaration it's always a time to see the kingdom of God be made manifest around us I don't have to ask God if he's interested in miracles we live under an open heaven invitation to participate in the business of the king and what is the business of the king Matthew chapter 10 the kingdom of heaven is at hand heal the sick raise the dead cleanse the leper drive out demons freely you have received now freely give hallelujah And why is the kingdom of heaven at hand? Because the kingdom of heaven is here. I don't need you to take a spiritual gift test to know whether or not you can be a bold voice in this season. You can. I don't need you to take an Enneagram test to find out if you can evangelize your neighbor. You can. I don't need you to be a special person with a special degree and a special title in order to lay hands on the sick and see them recover. It is your birthright function and it's because you belong to Jesus and what belongs to him. And belongs to you which means that we are not waiting on revival we are walking living breathing ambassadors of another environment our citizenship doesn't belong here it belongs there i am seated in heavenly places i am a co-laborer and a co-heir of god in christ jesus and when i am in christ i am more than a conqueror hallelujah And so often we reduce spiritual gifts to whoever's on the stage and whoever has a title. Listen to me, friend, this morning. If you don't serve God without a title, you won't serve God with one. It's not about what man confers upon you. You have been stamped by God with his identity on that until that's enough nothing else will ever be not all the accolades and resumes of the world can ever amount to an identity that has been secured by the father and i want you to know today that you have permission not just to be a victim of culture's narrative but instead to be one who declares the words of god and see things fundamentally change around you hallelujah this is who we are because this is the kind of God that we serve church is not where we gather to watch one person operated as the anointed man or woman of God for the hour church is a place where we come to celebrate that the spirit of God now takes residence in our hearts as a temple of God by faith and everywhere I walk becomes an opportunity and an invitation for God's reality to be made manifest and watch what Ezekiel says he says God showed me a vision but before he did that he brought me out and he set me in he brought me out and he set me in see ezekiel is about to have an open vision where god is going to show him the reality of what is and then inspire him with the hope of what's coming but vision isn't produced in your life until you allow God to bring you out and set you in. You see, some of us want new vision, but we're not willing to forsake old patterns. When Jesus heals the blind man in Mark chapter 8, he takes him out of the village to restore his vision. When Jesus heals the 10 lepers in Luke 17, he instructs them to leave their village and to go show themselves to the priests. When God calls Abraham in Genesis chapter 12, he tells him, leave your country, leave your people and I will make your offspring as numerous as the sands of the shore watch the pattern when God is about to do a new thing the first thing he asks his people to do is to move their feet that's why when Isaiah receives his prophetic calling in chapter 6 of the book that bears his name he responds to the invitation from heaven by saying here I am send me And I know oftentimes we want to make it God's responsibility to do everything on our behalf and just have us stay as disengaged observers of the world around us. But my Bible says that the kingdom of God is not in observation, but it's in participation. There is a God-given role for you to play and what is coming next. Hallelujah. And that's how we have skin in the game. That's how we have this feeling of belonging and helping and starting the great things that God has given us. I'm not just content to watch other people make history when God has given his church a voice to change the world around us. That's why the Apostle Paul calls the church the pillar of truth in society we are a light set on a hill for all men to see and if the world ever needed the light of the church friend it's right now if the world ever needed your light to shine it's right now if the world was ever dark and they needed the light of jesus christ friend it is right now and here's the problem we want fresh vision we want new opportunities we want open doors but we aren't willing to let god inconvenient our location our setting or our comfort but i'm here to tell you that new seasons require new faith new wine requires new wine skins and the problem is we want new vision inside of us without new settings around us how much fresh vision is not given to god's people simply because we are not willing we are not willing to be brought out and to be set in I want to be the type of folks that people say who are these men that turn cities up upside down they are unlearned but they've been with Jesus I can't explain it I can't quantify it all I do is criticize it but I can't ignore the fact that those folks have been encountered by the Living God and friend when you have an encounter with the Living God it'll give you the strength and the boldness and the courage to stand and after you've done everything to stand to continue to stand this is serious. Simply our moment to not give up for our salvation is near. Hallelujah. Give God a handclap of praise. Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory to God. Oh, yeah, they're going to call you every name in the book. Just put on the seatbelt. Uh, they're going to accuse you of everything under the sun. Just be okay. Jesus said, In this world, you're going to have trouble, but you can be of good cheer for Christ has overcome the world. Now, watch how the story continues. Verse 2 is where it gets good it says then he causes me to pass by them all around and behold there were very many in the open valley and indeed they were very dry and he said to me son of man can these bones live Uh, the god of the universe is asking ezekiel a question now the title for my message that i missed at the beginning is prophesy to the dry bones i said prophesy to the dry bones said prophesy to the dry bones he said son of man can these bones live and so i answered oh lord god you know and again he said to me prophesy to these bones and say to them oh dry bones hear the word of the lord hallelujah you know the dry bones in the valley represented the condition of god's people it was a graveyard of missed opportunities it was a valley of dead dreams it was a wasteland of depression disobedience, and disillusionment and the fact that the bones were dry tells us that they had been in that condition for a long time but I want you to see something this morning what looked like death to man was the ingredient for an army to God and the miracle begins with a question that God asks Ezekiel can these bones live again hallelujah can these bones live again? See, watch the types of questions that Jesus types of questions that Jesus asks. Do you want to be made well? Who do men say that I am? Why are you so afraid? Do you believe that I am able to do this? What is it that you want? In fact, the New Testament records that Jesus asks 307 questions in the Gospels alone. And here's what I've found. When God asks a question, it's a pretty good sign that a miracle is soon to follow. Can Michigan live again? Can this region be transformed by Jesus? Can the North experience revival? Can the church continue to grow? Could God cause us to have a miracle million dollar offering? Can these bones live again i'm here to tell you today yes they can i said yes they can yes they can hallelujah I want to, I want you to see something this morning. Dead things do not become living things until a living person declares a living word. Hear me this morning. It wasn't enough for God to know the bones could live. He needed a partner in the earth to speak forth a word so that God's reality could become alive. It's been well said, without God, man cannot. But without man, God will not. And whether you like it or not, the Bible says that the highest heavens belong to the Lord, but the earth he has given to man. And so you've got dominion, which means that you've got responsibility, which means that the answer to whether or not our cities can live again has a lot to do with whether or not you're willing to be obedient. Listen, of course God knows if the bones can live, but he's not asking the question for his benefit. He's asking it for yours. God knows, but do you? God knows he end from the beginning in fact there is no place that you will ever go that he hasn't already been He already knows how the story ends if it's not good It's not over if God showed you all that he was going to do through your life when you said yes to him It would so freak you out that you probably never would have said yes If God would have showed you everything that you were going to deal with once you got saved You probably would have said no Lord I'm doing something else It's like the man that goes up to the altar. Lord, I surrender my life to you. I want to be used for your glory. I want you to anoint me with the fire of the Holy Ghost. I want you to use me to touch the nations. And God says, all right, you're going to have to be hated. You're going to be attacked. You're going to be persecuted. You're going to go through trial and tribulation. You're going to go through the valley of the shadow of death. All right, Lord, never mind. Too late. You already said yes. Amen. Amen. God already knows. So when God asks the question, he's not looking for your advice or your input. He's looking for your obedience. And can I tell you, obedience makes you the answer to somebody else's prayer. When you're willing to say yes to God, what it does is that it begins to unlock the hearts of men and women all across this region who can now walk in their God-given fullness because God found a few radical individuals who are just willing to believe God at his word. I feel like Mary, who was talking, talking to the angel Gabriel, who was so overwhelmed by the declaration that he would bring. And finally, she just finds herself in a sovereign moment where she responds to the angel, let it be unto me according to your word. I don't know how it's gonna work. I don't know how it's gonna look. I can't tell you the nasty things that they're gonna say, but let it be unto me according to your word. And then Mary breaks into a prophetic song and she says, he has exalted the lowly. The God of my forefathers has remembered my estate. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob has visited me in this moment. She didn't have all the details, but she refused to allow the anxiety of what was to come to rob her of a song in that season. And I'm just here to tell you today, God has seen some stuff that you won't ever see. He knows some things that you won't ever know. Were you there when he hung the the planets? No. Were you there when he aligned the stars? No. But that God holds your future in his hands, and he is unwilling to let go until he accomplishes everything he so desires to do hallelujah can these bones live again that's up to you can God reach this region that's up to you that's not up to him can God fund this vision that's up to you that ain't up to him so often we find ourselves praying for things not recognizing that God's invited us to be a part of the answer When God asks a question, what follows up is an invitation for me to be a part of the supernatural answer that he desires to send. Now watch this in verse 5. Hear what the Lord thinks about these bones. Chapter 37 and verse 5. Then says the Lord God to these bones, Surely I will cause breath to enter into you, and you shall live. says in verse 6, I'm going to attach tendons to you. I'll make flesh come upon you. In fact, I'll cover you with skin, and I'll put breath in you, and then you will know that I am the Lord. And then in verse 7, it says, So I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I prophesied, there was a voice. I want you to notice that. And as I prophesied, there was a noise, and suddenly a rattling And the bones came together, bone to bone. Now you notice that it doesn't occur before the prophecy. It occurs as a byproduct of the prophecy. As I was prophesying, there was a noise. As I was worshiping, there was a breakthrough. As I was praying, something started to shift. As I was coming to the altar, my my healing began to happen. I feel like most Christians spend their lives reacting to the noises around them. Friend, we don't react to the noise, we help cause the noise. He said, and as he was prophesying, all of a sudden he hears it before he sees it, the thing that God is about to do next. In your prayer, you're putting your ear to the ground and you're beginning to hear the rumble that is still far far off, but it, it is the noises that you hear in your spirit that gives you great confidence to keep on knocking and until a door is open unto you. It didn't matter how much structure was formed in front of Ezekiel. The bodies were still dead until the breath of God began to blow. Can I tell you something here this morning? You can have all the best structure, You can have the best programs, the best wineskins, the best metrics, the best measurements, the best wisdom of man. But until God begins to breathe, you're nothing but a lifeless body. And God tells Ezekiel something interesting. He tells Ezekiel, I want you to prophesy to the north, and then I want you to prophesy to the south, and then to the east and to the west. I want you to prophesy to the wind until the wind becomes my breath and makes this army to live. I want you to see something this morning. The scripture says it was bound on earth is bound in heaven what is loosed on earth is loosed in heaven and that's why we pray in jesus name it's not just a nice cute way to end our prayers we are invoking the authority of jesus to make good on the promises he's made hallelujah And let me say this this morning. If there was ever a time for the people of God to have breath back in their lungs, friend, it's right now. If there's ever a time we needed a move of the Spirit of God, it's right now. If we ever needed God to breathe life back into us, to give us fresh life, it's right now. I want you to know that you can have all the best things, but until God breathes, it's all in vain. You can have the best programs, you can have the coolest branding, you can have the best musicians in the world, and the best communication on this side of heaven but when the breath of God begins to flow there ain't nothing that man can manufacture that ever amounts and I feel the breath of God in this building on Sunday mornings we're not just sitting here giving our our, our, we're, we're just sitting here giving our natural but we're reaping in the supernatural we're just here offering God our time our talent and our treasure but there is something about extravagant worship that opens the windows of heaven and prepares God's people for our blessing there is something supernatural that is happening underneath our feet and it rides on the faith of God's people hallelujah can these bones live again yes they can can this region be revived yes it can can Jesus heal you yes he can Can he bring home that prodigal son or daughter? Yes, he can. Can he provide finances for your vision? Yes, he can. And Ezekiel is prophesying to a bunch of captives. Their temple has been burned, their families have been separated. It feels in a very real sense that their futures have been erased. You know, Ezekiel's words from chapter 37 will take 40 years to complete. And so there is an entire generation that will store this word in captivity and will never see the fulfillment. But after Ezekiel, God raises up a man by the name of Ezra and then a man by the name of Nehemiah. And they get favor from the king to rebuild the temple so that God's people could rejoice. And I am just confident that if I never see the fullness of what I'm believing for, I am still going to be faithful to contend for this soil so that the next generation can see the goodness of God in the land of the living. That's why your faith is important. That's why generational obedience is important. That's why your stubborn refusal to give up matters in this moment, because there is a generation that waits on the other side of our obedience. Hallelujah. I know what the nation looks like, but there's a sound of rattling bones in my spirit, and I'm not going to give up until God raises up an army. Can you hear that sound this morning? Hallelujah. Amen. You could say our nation is dark, but I hear the sound in my spirit. Hallelujah. Our country has never been so divided, but I hear a sound in my spirit. People are wandering around in darkness, but I hear a sound in my spirit. It seems hopeless, but I hear a sound in my spirit there's wars and rumors of wars but I hear the sound in my spirit can these bones live again God is asking you that question this morning can these bones live again can I bring healing can I bring deliverance can I bring restoration can I bring victory yes I can I've got news for you two thousand years ago Jesus paid the price for your victory Ezekiel was alive alive in a time before the cross but now that the cross has taken place we've got a better covenant based upon better promises and so when he asked God can I after the cross he said I did back then when he said by your stripes you can be healed after the cross he said by my stripes you have already been healed can these bones live again yes they can get can God turn your situation around yes he can can God make a way when there seems to be no way yes Yes, he can hallelujah give the Lord a hand clap of praise hallelujah <laughs> prophesy to the dead bones hallelujah yeah. prophesy to the dead areas of your life prophesy to the dead visions and the dead dreams hallelujah yeah. I love the story of Eutychus yeah. Eutychus is up, up on the third story of the building when Paul was preaching now I take hope that if people can fall asleep during Paul's preaching, it's never happened to me, But and if it ever does, I'll have a blow horn, but if it ever did, I'd take heart that if it happened to Paul, then hey, it can happen to anybody. But there Paul is preaching under the anointing of the Holy Spirit, preaching the word of God. And the Bible says that Eutychus was in the window of the third story of that building, Sitting in the windowsill. In other words, he had one foot in the church, and he had one foot out of the church. He had one foot in the church, and he had one foot in the world. And the Bible said that he fell asleep, and he fell down three stories. And everybody said, he's dead. They said, he's over. He knew better. Church served him well. He shouldn't have had one foot in the church, and one foot out of the church. And they were getting ready to give up on him. But you know what Paul did? Paul left the service where he was preaching, and as they were getting ready to scrape his, bo- his body up off the concrete, Paul said, wait just a second and then Paul fell down on Eutychus and he said these words he said there's still life in him, I said there's still life in him I've come to prophesy to you here today you might have fallen and you might have failed but there is still life in you, there is still life in the plan of God upon your life there is still life in the dream that God has given to you, there is still life in that vision that God has birthed in your spirit, there is still life in you, can these bones live again yes they can i said yes they can yes they can would you stand to your feet here this morning hallelujah can jesus move in your situation today yes he can can he bring you up out of fear and depression yes he can can he heal your heart of grief and trauma yes he can jesus said he is a way the truth and the life anywhere where jesus is he brings life can i tell you this morning that there is a river that is flowing There is a river of life that is flowing from Calvary this morning. And everywhere that river touches, it shall live and shall not die. And if you feel like you're dead on the inside, you feel like you're dried up on the inside, prophesy to those dry bones. Remind yourself that you are a child of God. Remind yourself that you are saved. Remind yourself that God's got a plan and God's got a purpose for your life. Remind yourself that God's not done with you yet. Hallelujah.